What's up? This is Rayshon Jenkins, and you're listening to the Chargers Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Chris Harry with you on a special Senior Bowl edition of Chargers Weekly here on the Chargers Podcast Network. We got a great episode ahead from Mobile, Alabama. Bleacher Report's Matt Miller going to join me. Rhett Lewis of NFL Network and Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports join me as well. But first, a couple of pro prospect interviews. Cornerback Troy Pride Jr. of Notre Dame and wide receiver Michael Pittman of USC. All right, here with the Trojan, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Michael, I want to ask you about a former teammate of yours, Uchenna Nuosu, who was in this game a couple of years ago, showed out, was a second-round pick, Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee. What was it like to play with Chenna? Uh, Chenna was always like a hard, like he's like a hard um, working player, and uh, he always has done a, a great job and just like giving his best, um, and just like giving his best, like whether it's working out, uh, classroom work, or like just like treating people right. And um, I feel like that really shows, and like it's showing now. Yeah, the, the whole process, it's not just on the field, right? It's off the field. To see a guy like that be acknowledged as the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, he's got to be special. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like he's like a special guy, and I think that he's doing a great job, and uh, he's getting everything that he um, deserves. What's this process been like for you? I know it's early, but I'm sure you've gotten a lot of advice from former Trojans who, who have gone through this. Uh, they just said to trust the process and just keep on getting better um, each day. Um, they say that the first day is, is always the um, hardest day, and then after that, it gets uh, easy, so so I'm just gonna trust the uh, process and just keep showing up. You are in a, a wide receiver class that is absolutely loaded, and you're near the top of that. Explain your game to listeners. Um, physical, fast, strong, uh, hard working. I say like I'm um, relentless, uh, and then I don't quit. So. So uh, whether it happens in the beginning like of uh, the game or happens like in like the end of the game, like I'm just going to get you. So and I'm just going to keep coming. Finally, there you go. Final thing. Uh, what's the biggest piece of advice that you've gotten about just kind of staying the course over the next few months? Because not only you got the senior bowl, you got pro days, you got the combine and then obviously the draft. Um, just keep your head down and grind. Um, this is going to be a grind from all the way until my rookie season is uh, over. And I just acknowledge that and I can't wait for it. Awesome, man. Well, best of luck. Thank you. All right, here at the Senior Bowl with Troy Pride. And, Troy, it was exactly a year ago, one of your former teammates, Drew Tranquil, made some noise at this game. What was it like playing with Drew in South Bend? Uh, I mean, Drew's my guy. He's the ultimate leader, ultimate competitor. He's a guy that always does it right, that uh, you can see just is going to carve a role for himself in anything he does. So, um, you know, Drew's a guy I look up to. He was an older head while I was a young guy, and um, he, he instilled a lot of qualities in me that I take for my life. You know, special teams was his specialty this year, and then he started three games, uh, started to really hit his stride at the end of the year. Uh, what was it like seeing him and his work ethic off the field and in practices, all the little things? I mean, Drew, like I said, when I say he instilled things in me, like I would see him working, I would see him doing everything. I mean, he had two major surgeries that he came back from and played two full seasons after that, changing positions. I mean, a selfless guy, a guy that um, will do anything for the team, and I want to, you know, embody that same, those same qualities. Um, Drew's a leader. Drew's a, a guy that's, like I said, going to carve a role out for himself, and he obviously did. I think he should have made the Pro Bowl. I voted for him like ten times. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, there's a lot of gold 
Golden Domers in L.A. Jerry Tillery, Isaac Rochelle a couple of years ago played in this game as well. Uh, Jerry, your thoughts on Jerry and um, what, what he did at Notre Dame and what you saw from him his rookie year? Disruptive. Um, a guy that uh, <laughs> that's a problem. I mean, he's a what, a 6'5 defensive tackle. Like, that's, that's kind of unheard of. So Jerry's a, a great athlete, great competitor, ferocious intensity. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's just – he was a catalyst for our defense, especially in 2018 that uh, re, re, a lot of reasons we were undefeated. So Jerry's a great competitor, and I'm happy to see him doing well in, uh, in California. And finally, Troy, what's this process been like for you? I know it's early. Uh, you guys just got to Mobile. But what's this draft evaluation process been like so far? I mean, you hear a lot of different things. Um, and it's just really about being true to you, who you are, um, what kind of player you are. I mean, people are going to critique your game. That's what, they, that's what their job is. And it's not your job to sit there and argue with them. It's your job to sit there and prove them wrong. So that's always been, you know, my motto. That's been my mantra to prove people wrong and to, to do right by myself, do right by my family, the people that support me. So in that, I'm just every day competing, having fun, and trying to do right by them. What's the biggest piece of advice that you got from maybe guys that are in the league, maybe former Notre Dame guys, about how to handle the next couple of months? Just just be open. Um, just be yourself. Like I said, it's all about being yourself. It's all about being who you truly are. You don't have to – I don't have to change for anybody. I don't have to, you know, necessarily, um, you know, pick up and – change every single characteristic about me because I mean I'm me uh, I'm the reason I'm here right now and I, I, the work that I put in is going to be the reason I propel myself forward and showing out during a week like this like I said Drew did it last year it's almost like you could look back and be like hey one of my former teammates did that and, and look where he is today absolutely uh, this is this is the stage everybody's here sitting there talking to you and um and seeing you, watching you, watching what you do, watching when you're on special teams, watching how hard you go and it's my job to 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 show them who I am and that's what I'm doing in person. You know, film, like I said, it speaks for itself. But uh, in person, it's really going to show you, you know, what, what the kind of guy that is. I mean, it's cold out here. It's nippy out here. But, <laughs> listen, I love this. This is football weather. Haven't played in a while, so I'm happy to be back on the field. Awesome, man. Well, hey, congratulations on, on making it to the Senior Bowl. And best of luck throughout this process. Thank you very much. All right, we're doing something a little unique. We are at a podcast, taping a podcast. Right. Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, about to get rolling. Stick to football podcast here in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> it's a long week. Um, well, you know, what trying... are the days like for you? Yeah, so I got in Monday around noon and, you know, get checked in. And then we, you know, we have a suite at the stadium where we bring in general managers and coaches and do interviews for Bleacher Report. But then I'm also trying to evaluate players. So it's, it's really... You have to be versatile this week because you have to be able to do things like this and then host my own podcast and also you know, do the job that got me here, which is evaluate players. So yeah. It's a lot. You know, you have to wear a lot of different hats and then try to remember to, like, eat every now and then and sleep a little That's bit. That's the hardest so, part, eating yeah, and sleeping, right? Right. And then, you know, at night, try to go out and network and have fun. And, and you know, we're going to have, like, 75 of our listeners in here tonight uh, at our event. So it's just – it's a lot, but – I'm incredibly fortunate to be here. Yeah, we're, we're excited to see you guys do your thing. Uh, all right, two days into books here. Anything stand out that maybe uh, that surprised you a little bit coming into this? Yeah, you know, I think the defensive linemen have been better than I expected. I knew that the junior defensive linemen were really good, and once Derek Brown from Auburn wasn't here, I was a little disappointed, honestly. But Javon Kinlaw has lived up to the billing. He's a beast. As, uh, I, he's number 10 overall on my board right now. You know, he's an incredible player. But then even seeing guys like Neville Gallimore, you know, who, who's had incredible first step. And you watch a guy like that in the Big 12, and you're like, ah, well, it's just the Big 12. But to see him come here and against the LSUs and, you know, the best of the best, to kind of see his performance, it's been really encouraging. We knew the receivers were good, right? But I think it's guys like Michael Pittman, who's right in your backyard. You know, he's had such a phenomenal week. And, and to watch him, okay, you, you see him on tape and you have some questions about can he separate, 
this is my first time to see him in person. So really just seeing his quickness, his athleticism has been a lot of fun for me. How does Pittman stack up with some of these underclassmen wide receivers? Because we know that's a loaded position, one of several loaded positions it, in this draft. It is, and so many fans get on me because like, how is Michael Pittman not higher on your board? And I say, man, he would be any other year. Yeah. Like, he's a first-round player. 2021, he's a first-round pick. Exactly, but this year there's so many receivers with Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins, LaVisca Shane Alt. You know, it, you, the list goes on and on. So I think with, with Pittman, he fits in somewhere after Judy and, and Lamb and Ruggs and Higgins where he could be a late first-round pick. It wouldn't be a surprise. But, you know, there's only 32 of those, and it feels like yeah. this year there's like 45 guys we want to call first-round players, which is great. That, that's honestly what you want. But, you know, we'll, we'll see where he, he stacks up after the combine. I think he's an early round two type guy. Yeah. Chargers – Selecting six overall, going to be selected at the top of each round. Uh, quarterback is always in the conversation. Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, um, what did you make of those guys before the week? And I know we're only two days in, but uh, impressions of those two guys? Yeah, you know, I'd never seen either player in person, to be honest. Just, you know, hadn't made it out to the West Coast to evaluate this year. So it's, it's always great because you want to see their size, their velocity, their leadership, you know, all those things in person. And so I think with Jordan Love, the arm is as advertised. You know, he can really spin the ball. He's a good athlete. And you get that feeling like, man, this, this kid could be a top 10 pick at quarterback. I think with Justin Herbert, he hasn't been shy about the fact that he needed to answer more questions off the field with, you know, he's quiet. Is he a leader? Does he work hard? And everything I've heard is that he's checking those boxes this week. So, you know, where you guys are at at six, obviously, you know, you have a Hall of Famer that's a free agent. So I think you, you have to be aware of that. You know, even if Phil is back, he's getting older. you got to have someone waiting in the wings. Or if, if he's gone, whether that's retirement or playing somewhere else, you, you definitely have to have someone. So I think Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, we all assume Joe Burrow will go first. Tua Tungavailoa probably goes five to Miami. You guys are in a great spot at six. Independent of the guys that are here at six, there is so much talent in this draft, whether it's a Cuda at Ohio State or Simmons at Clemson. Yeah. Uh, the charge is going to get a good player. Um, name a few guys who could be available in that, that six range that you think could make sense. Yeah, I think Jedrick Wills from Alabama makes a lot of sense at left tackle. Go. He played right tackle at Alabama, but left tackle, I think he has the quickness, he has the athleticism. He might not have like the ideal body, you know, where you're like, oh my god, he's 6'7", 310, and he looks like Lane Johnson. He's not built like that, but he's just such a good player. So I think if there is a little bit of a run on quarterbacks, and the, and the Chargers you know, front office of Tom Telesco says, you know, hey, we don't like any quarterbacks at six, you go left tackle and, and start to build your offensive line. I think you can look at Kansas City, you know, they have an all-pro right tackle and they have a first-rounder at left tackle. San Francisco, two first-rounders at the offensive tackle positions. So I think the successful teams have gone back to, okay, we're going to prioritize and spend on the offensive line. So if you don't like a quarterback, offensive tackles, arguably the second most important position of football. So, you know, Kuda is amazing. If he's there, I think that makes the conversation harder. But you know, Jedrick Wills is a really good player, too. And again, when you're, you're selected at the top of each round, let's use wide receiver, offensive tackle as an example. I mean, you could get a potential first-round type player at the exactly. top of the second round at probably offensive line, wide receiver, any other positions that are pretty deep? Yeah, corner is really deep. And I think, you know, this year, or excuse me, down here in Mobile, we're not seeing the top guys because they're either underclassmen or they're hurt. And so, like, Jeff Gladney from TCU, who I think could be a late first-round, early second-round pick, had to bow out, can't be here because of injury. So you definitely get value. Like you said, you know, a couple of years ago, I can remember being like, 
if you're picking in the second half of the first round, you're getting second round players. So you might as well trade back. This might be a year where we see teams try to trade back up into round one because the, the talent level is just going to be phenomenal. So, you know, for you guys, whether it's Jeff Gladney, Josh Jones, who's here from Houston, the left tackle, there's a second tier of offensive tackles at the top of round two that are really good. Austin Jackson at USC, Josh Jones from Houston, Matt Pert from UConn. So I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you want to tackle, get one of the top ten. If you take Jordan Love at six, you can get his left tackle at, at you know when they come back at like 40 or 42. Yeah, and you're in business. Yeah, then you're, you're cooking, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, wide receivers, speedsters. I, I'm thinking of guys like Keenan Allen, who's a, an amazing route runner. Great uh, route a runner. jump ball guy like Mike Williams. Chargers, I, I could see them getting a, a speedster, someone who could kind of take the top off the defense. Right. Anybody that kind of fit that profile? Well, Henry Ruggs is going to be the fastest player of the combine, but you're probably not drafting him at six overall, right? Yeah. So in the second round, you can look at someone like K.J. Hamler from Penn State, great speed. Jalen Rieger from TCU, good speed. Someone who had to drop out here, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, who brings great size and speed. So he's a little bit of a different model, but those are the types of players that could be available at the top of round two that, that fit that mold. Like you said, I, I've had that even happen in some of my mock drafts of gosh the value here is so amazing let's add some speed you know you have to deal with Tyree Kill twice a year you want someone like that you know or Sammy Watkins Miko Hardman no when you have to deal with those guys it's like okay well it'd be nice to have a target like that yeah finally I, I know you're about to get rolling here with your podcast uh, the senior bowl can you give me an example Matt of, of going into a week like this and seeing a guy really separate themselves obviously the, the film does the talking for the most part yeah. but these kind of these complimentary events that, that can really push a guy up the board you have an example of guys that you've scouted here at the senior bowl that have kind of made that leap yeah I mean this is my 10th senior bowl so I've been doing this a long time last year you know Andre Dillard and Titus Howard were the guys last year Titus Howard was small school guy maybe a second round pick he comes down here and ends up a top 20 draft pick so it happens every year you know we see players who you come down and and you're just so impressed by them that, that they end up moving up. You know, Chris Lindstrom last year at Boston College, offensive tackle. Yeah. Um, you really, or excuse me, at center, just really impressed all week to where you're like, gosh, this guy's he's a baller. Like, you got to get him in the first round. And, you know, this year I think it'll be, unfortunately, Marlon Davidson got hurt, but he was unstoppable the first day of practice. And so guys like that are really going to rise. The senior bowl, like you said, the film doesn't lie, and that's a huge part of your grade. But Senior Bowl is a really important piece of the puzzle for your scouts, for guys like myself, because you know we're seeing guys in person for the first time. You're seeing them in an uncomfortable situation. You know, like Jalen Hurts, the quarterback from Oklahoma. We got him away from Lincoln Riley's offense, and he has to now throw the ball in, in areas that he's not used to throwing different. the ball. It's a lot harder, and he has struggled so far. So I think that's why it's so important. Like, let's get these guys uncomfortable and ask them to do everything, not just what their scheme asked them to do in college. Matt, Chargers fans, excited for the draft. Where can they find you? What do you have going on over the next few months that they can follow along? Yeah, next few months are crazy. You know, I mean, mock drafts, big boards. I do a podcast, Stick to Football, three times a week for Bleacher Report. Uh, the Bleacher Report app's a free download, but they can also follow me on Twitter, at NFL Draft Scout, also on Instagram, at NFL Draft Scout. All my work, all my hot takes are going to get posted there. Hot takes, comfort. Right. Matt, appreciate you, brother. Yeah, you bet, man. Thank you. All right, Senior Bowl practice in the books, and we always have Daniel Jeremiah on the Chargers Weekly Podcast. What does he know? What does he know, right? <laughs> uh, another member of the Move the Six family, yeah. Brett Lewis, joins me. Brett, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, excited to hang out with you guys here for a little bit, uh, having some fun down here in Mobile. Yeah, it's, al it's always fun. Um, observations from the first two days. Yeah. What did you see? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of headlines starting with the quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely. And, and look, I think uh, the most intriguing guy out here, maybe regardless of position, is Jordan Love. We talked about it quite a bit, I'm sure. Um, you know, a guy who can make 
your eye, you know, raise your eyes and your eyebrows, make your eyes go wide open for a lot of different reasons. Um, one being he can make the wild plays, but then, you know, he'll make one where you go, ooh, you know, those two. So, like, he's got both ends of the spectrum. You know, would love to see if he can play it a little bit more down the fairway, yeah. um, more consistently. I think that would, if you asked him, probably say the same thing. Um, but he's been really cool to watch, and uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think he's a, ter- he's been a terrific college football player. I want to see, um, I want to see what, what he can do out here. Um, and, and you know, amongst, I mean, he's played at the highest level. We know that. Um, but I'm excited to see kind of what he can turn himself into as an NFL player. Yeah, where do you think he fits? Some people think maybe a, a position change, but yeah. you, you look at what he's done. His college career kind of speaks for itself. Well, well, we we some people thought Lamar Jackson might be in need of a yeah. position change yeah. too. That didn't I, work out yeah, too well for those no, people. No, it didn't. <laughs> so I'm not counting Jalen Hurts out. You know, he's the type of guy who seems to rise to the occasion in every situation, um, and. I want to see him succeed as a quarterback in the league. I think there's room for it now for a guy that has a little bit more of the athleticism. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not I'm not counting that dude out for anything. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert is the other guy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of tape from Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um, what has he looked like these first two days? So I saw him uh, first time I saw him in person was down at the Manning Passing Academy um, last summer, and I mean. He's everything you want a quarterback to be: uh, size, strength, uh, arm talent. I think we saw in the in the bowl game a little bit at the end of Oregon season. You know, he can run the ball a little bit. He's got a little athleticism that maybe people don't, you know, associate with him. Um, but I think he's I think he's you know he's one of the best arms out there. And I think it's just going to be a matter of teams getting in a room with him and learning more about him and learning what makes him tick and. You know how he needs to be coached, and you know where he fits, uh, you know system-wise, and I think that's kind of what it's going to come down to because talent isn't the question. Yeah. Um, you know the the one thing though that I um, that has uh, one of the things that stuck out to me yesterday. I was watching the wide receivers and DBs, um, and I you know continue. My eyes always go there. One you know obviously one of the some of the biggest competitors uh, out there, um, and uh, a guy close to home for both of us, uh, Michael Pittman. He's something. Guy just does everything right, man. Um, you know, he can move for a dude of that size. Um, he's uh, He's got a little more wiggle than you might expect from a guy of that size. And he was a plus grade for me in the blocking drills as well. Um, so he can use that size to his advantage. And that's that's always really intriguing to me for a wide out. Especially in a class where you have so many stud underclassmen that we're not yeah. going to see here in Mobile. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's still up there. He's yeah. in the conversation. And if you take some of those guys from Alabama and Clemson – Right. Out of the equation, perhaps Michael Pittman is one of the top receivers in yeah. the first round. Yeah, no question. And, you know, Denzel Mims was another guy from Baylor. Uh, his ter- terrific size and is maybe the most fluid guy that I can remember seeing at that size and speed. Really good route runner. Um, and then Van Jefferson, probably the best route runner out here. I mm. mean, as crisp um, as I've seen a guy in this kind of scenario. Um, so those guys were really cool to watch. Um, I thought, uh, speaking of you know guys from the L.A. area, uh, Darnay Holmes, uh, yeah. cornerback from UCLA, feisty competitor. I dude. just talked did to Darnay. Did you? And he, yeah. I asked him, I'm like, you're one of the few non-seniors at the Senior Bowl, yeah. Darnay. And yeah. he said, you know, there, there was uh, some creativity to right. get to this game, but he right. did it. And it, he's uh, he's somebody to watch. Yeah, no question. Um, so I thought he was really interesting. Um 
pride, the cornerback from Notre Dame, I thought was super sticky in one-on-ones. Um, needs a little work in kind of in the run game and in kind of getting off. My, Michael Pittman was one of those guys that was kind of working him a little bit in the mm-hmm. one-on-one wide receiver DB blocking drills. But um, those are a couple of guys I watched the wide receivers DBs on day one. I kind of focused in on the linemen a little bit. Man, it's an impressive group of D linemen in this in this game with Start led with by the Javon guy. Kinlaw. Yeah, yeah. the game cock yeah. is something yeah. else. Yeah, he sure is, man. Uh, I you know. I can't remember as big a crowd assembling for O-line, D-line one-on-ones today as there was out there watching uh, watching the uh, the South team get out there with Ken Law. Man, that's, that dude's a beast. Might be one of the best players we've seen at the Senior Bowl in recent memory. No question. He yeah. could be a top-ten pick. No, no no doubt. And then Marlon Davidson as well. Um, unfortunately, didn't practice today, but he left a pretty good impression with his day one practice. Yeah. So, Rhett, we'll um, get you out of here on this, yeah. man. The, the Senior Bowl, you guys have – covered this yeah. for several years explain the importance of this game for certain players and, and how you can separate yourself in the draft evaluation process yeah. because we know film is a priority yeah but these are these supplemental uh events that can really separate you i think it's an opportunity for guys to create their own narrative uh i think you know the evaluators form their own thoughts while watching the tape and may not have a chance to talk to the kid about why they saw what they saw or mm-hmm. what they saw. And so now is an opportunity, whether for good or better or for worse, you can create a narrative for yourself. You say, well, you know, like coach was telling me to do this a certain way and that's why it may have looked like that on tape. And then you get to come out here and take coaching, I think is the other thing. I want to see somebody improve from Tuesday to Friday to Saturday. And, and we don't always, you know, a lot of the evaluators end up leaving before the game and that's because, you know, you get – you get a front row view and practice every day. Sure. So, um, but seeing improvement and then creating your own, your own narrative, I think, are two of the biggest things. You see those small gains from Tuesday yes. to, it, it, to yeah. Saturday, or from rep to rep. Yeah, you know, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so. it's it's always fun, especially when you have you have two NFL coaching staffs here. It yeah. really does simulate like a game it's, week: it's Tuesday, the, Wednesday, Thursday practice, no question, interviews man. at night, and then the game. Yeah, and they, I mean, these kids are taxed. This is a busy schedule. They're you know interviews till eleven o'clock at night. And they're back up at six in the morning getting ready for the next day so this you learn a lot about a kid in this kind of environment no doubt speaking of busy schedules you're doing move the sticks you're doing stuff all over the network what do you got going on during this whole so we just we just wrapped up the nfl pa collegiate bowl uh which was the nightcap of our all-star doubleheader this past saturday we had the shrine game and then um so i got to see some good players last week uh out here all this week um at the senior bowl and then um We'll be out at the combine, of course, and and then uh, we'll get started with Path of the Draft here. Not long after free agency uh, wraps up, which should be a pretty wild week of free agency. Um, and then you know, then we're off and running, man. Yeah. Six weeks to the draft, and it's and nuts because free agency. We're getting on a first, boat. It's uh, that first domino to fall. And, yes, and then that kind of puts everything else in place. And with then the we kind of see a little. We get a, a, a firmer grasp on the needs and on what other other teams might need, and you know, and then before long we'll be uh, jumping on some kind of a boat in the Bellagio. Yeah. Mountain, uh, trying to make it to the red carpet. So that's let's go to Vegas, man. Absolutely, Vegas, baby. Well, the Chargers pick six overall. The pick at the top of the draft. So a lot of intrigue yeah. coming from Los Angeles. Red Lewis, appreciate the time, bud. My pleasure. All right, guys. Here at Senior Bowl practice, the North getting rolling with the Lions coach and staff, and you run into 
a lot of great draft analysts, and I got one of them with me, Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports. Chris was on Chargers Weekly last year. We had a, an awesome conversation. It was a little bit later in the draft process, so we're, we're getting you early now, Chris. Yeah, and what ended up with that podcast is that um, we are talking about Jerry Tillery. That's and, right. And I thought that you I know, actually he, I actually played the clip of you talking about Tillery after the pick. So we did like this other draft mega podcast. I actually got to I got to find that clip. Maybe I'll splice it into this one. Yeah, that I remember doing some mock drafts and just loving Tillery as a prospect and thinking I think he could fall to the back part of the first round. Falls to the Chargers there and was just a perfect selection for what that team needed. Yeah, so let's actually let's just start there. You know, Jerry he didn't play as much as maybe some people thought this year, but I think sometimes it takes maybe a season and a full off season. He didn't have that full off season because of the injury, so I think this is a big off season for Jerry. Yeah, definitely. And I think offensive and defensive line, you need that one year in an NFL strength and conditioning program to be NFL strong. I thought mm-hmm. that Tillery was near the top or very close to that coming out. Um, but really, it is very rare to have a guy come in and can match the strength in the trenches right away. So you're right, having a full off season to train, bulk up a little bit, not add weight and become slower, but just get stronger in their upper and lower half. I think that'll be huge for Jerry Tillery. Another good example of that, it's obviously a different position, but I remember Mike Williams had an injury his rookie season. He didn't get going until like week five of, of the season, and by that time, you're already going. You're already game planning. You, you can't really catch up at that point. You fast forward to a sophomore season, 11 total touchdowns, and then last year, uh, over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, Mike's another example that may, maybe you need a year to, to get going, but let's just stay on this class from from last year that the Chargers had a couple of uh, senior bowl guys Nazir Adderley uh, we didn't get to see much of him but Chris I tell you the fourth preseason game you saw his flashes he, he should have probably had three interceptions in that game he looked like the guy that you selected at 60 overall yeah and Adderley was someone here at the senior bowl that did a lot for himself coming from Delaware not a lot of people were sure what to expect from him come like playing up in competition, um, but he certainly looked the part here in Mobile last year. I was very high on him toward the end of the draft process. Um, because he has that center field range that's pretty rare at the safety spot. There's a lot of safeties that will come up and hit you that look like linebackers. Adderley, I think, is the perfect complement to Derwin James, who's a little bit better, closer to the line, blitzing, covering slot receivers. So I think Adderley, another one that you know dealt with injuries, um, getting a full offseason and then coming back next year and being that free safety to make plays in the middle of the field, I think will be huge for him. And we never saw that. You know, we never saw that because Derwin got hurt in training camp. So you never saw those guys on the field together. Uh, That being said, another senior bowl guy, Rayshon Jenkins, he really stepped up at free safety this year, had a really nice year, played almost every snap. Uh, So you have some depth at the safety position if you can get Nas healthy. Uh, Another guy I want to ask you about, Drew Tranquil, who was here last year, fourth rounder, really made his money on special teams his rookie year, started three games. Drew is going to be a foundational piece to this defense, and and you see all the intangibles, uh, like you probably see at the Senior Bowl with a lot of these guys, leaders and captains with their programs. Yeah, definitely. And and I think Drew Tranquil is kind of the embodiment of what the Chargers are wanting to do on the defensive side. And truly, I think it is one of the smartest philosophies in the entire NFL that they're prioritizing 
players in the back seven that can do a lot of things and can cover. And Tranquil came here, um, maybe not a, you know one of the top linebacker prospects in the class because he was a little smaller, wasn't great against the run, but outstanding in coverage. And I think he was kind of that tweener between a linebacker and a safety. And you saw flashes at the second level um, in coverage from him. And that's where the NFL is kind of trending toward and certainly everything from the intangibles, the leadership, the character is there with Drew Tranquil. I think he is going to be a foundational piece because he can match up with tight ends, running backs, um, and that's where you need to be good in your back seven today. So let's look at this 2020 Senior Bowl. Chargers select six overall. I talked to Tom Telesco earlier this week. He says you're always evaluating the quarterback position. It's not like you do it one year, not the other. Um, some talented guys here, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Jordan Love. Uh, what is your take on some of the guys that are here? Well, I certainly think that uh, Justin Herbert is the most talented quarterback prospect here. Um, he's my number three quarterback behind Joe Burrow, behind Tua Tagovailoa. There are moments, and I'll kind of start with the negative, there are moments where you kind of wonder, um, you know, why did he throw that bad interception? How did he not see that underneath linebacker? But every single game, five or six wild throws that look like franchise quarterback caliber type throws with anticipation mm. deep across the field. The arm talent is there. And for me, what I like about him more so than Joe uh, Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa, three years of starting experience. A lot I, of tape. Yeah, that that is invaluable, that he's seen every coverage, he's seen every type of blitz, every type of game plan thrown at him. You cannot replace that um, during this pre-draft process. So he, to me, is certainly in play for the Chargers at number six. Um, and I think Jordan Love is kind of that X factor. Could He plays kind of like Patrick Mahomes, not quite as talented, not a lot of people are in this world today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think he could have a Patrick Mahomes-type rise up the draft boards through February. February through March at the Combine because there are glimpses of Patrick Mahomes needs to have a better practice today and tomorrow than he did uh, yesterday here for the North squad. Yeah, we're seeing Jordan Love just threw a, a ball to, to Michael Pittman from USC. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fun to see these guys in this environment because it simulates a game week, right? You have two NFL coaching staffs. You have three practices during the week. You have interviews at night. You're watching tape. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to, to kind of see – hey, how does this guy fit into my program? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, um, you know, we are watching a practice, so you don't want to take way too much from it. But beyond it... This is a supplemental yes, part of the process. Exactly, definitely. But I think for a few positions, receiver corner, that certainly the Chargers could potentially address in the draft and then up front on the offensive and defensive lines which will certainly be um, addressed at some point in the draft by the Chargers you can glean a lot from it because these are one-on-one -on -one drills where you're facing the best competition and I think coaches like to see how does this guy play when he's not um, you know dealing with the same cornerback on his team that he dealt with in college or the same offensive lineman that he's going up against so kind of that unfamiliarity and how they play and produce in that environment, I think coaches really like to see that um, down here in Mobile. Chris, best players here, who are the guys that, that you came into this process wanting to watch and who stood out to you maybe on that first day? Best players here I think are, you got to start off with Javon Kinlaw, the defensive lineman from South Carolina. Uh, long, very physical. He's a monster. Great first step. Um, kind of reminds me of Jerry Tillery that he's around 6'6", 
six seven, around three hundred pounds, um, but can win with his hands beyond just the power that he has behind them. Has good pass rushing moves. The other guy that I was really interested to watch, and this is someone that really could be of interest to the Chargers in the first round, maybe in the second round. Josh Jones, the big offensive tackle from Houston. Mm. Three years of starting experience. Looks almost like Tyron Smith out there does not have any bad weight to his frame. And watching his film, I see a lot of effortless power. And he showed that yesterday in the one-on-ones, just totally demolishing most of the defensive linemen that he was facing. And this is a, a big week for him because coming from Houston, he's not facing top competition every week. And we saw yesterday he looked the part of one of the more underrated but still top offensive tackles in this class. I think when you, you talk about offensive tackles, you said something very important. It's a, a lot of starts a lot of reps at the college level, whereas sometimes you, maybe you have a, a guy who look, is looked at more of a project. If you can get a guy in with some quality starting experience against great competition, that's half the battle in trying to get uh, something out of these guys maybe in year one. Yeah, and kind of like I said earlier, um, with quarterbacks, love to have experience when I'm evaluating. Same with the offensive line. Um, and in general, too, it, it, it's kind of the same as I was talking about with Jerry Tillery. Um, to, for a offensive lineman to have a lot of starts and to be a senior and to be a – um, you know, 40, 50 starts, they usually have the strength that you want to see. And Josh Jones checks the strength box, the length, and athleticism. So I think that's why he's going to be someone that even after Andrew Thomas and after uh, Tristan Wirfs, the top two consensus offensive tackles, um, that we could see Josh Jones go very early in the draft. What about cornerback here? I know the, the talented corner from LSU was supposed to be here, uh, is not here, but who from this bunch uh, do you like here? Yeah, uh, Tristan Fol or Kristen uh, Fulton decided to not participate. I think he kind of reminds me a lot of Casey Hayward, that he's smaller, mm. um, but very sticky, great in zone too, can click and close on the football in a second. Um, Lamar Jackson from Nebraska. Um, yep, kind not of a, that Lamar Jackson. Yeah, not that Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, kind of a throwback in that he's 6'2", 200-something pounds with 32-inch arms, kind of like a Seattle Seahawks type of corner, but very fast down the field, can recover. He can be a little overly aggressive. Um, but he's someone that I think that if you need length on the outside um, and if you have a lot of kind of tweener nickel cornerbacks, Lamar Jackson, second or third round, um, you put him on the outside and let him play there. And then someone who had a really good day yesterday, he's actually practicing right now, Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. All I the athletic, to Troy yesterday. All the athleticism that you want in a starting cornerback who can – is twitchy enough to actually play nickel if you need him to only problem on film has a hard time finding the football at times but yesterday in this unfamiliar environment found the football had a couple pass breakups he's someone that starting here and then in indianapolis at the combine where i expect him to do really well could shoot up the draft boards and could be a second or a third round pick what's interesting about troy and really notre dame in general is that the chargers are like notre dame west you got tillery you got tranquil you got isaac rochelle he would step into the chargers and feel very comfortable he, he talked about how uh he, he saw drew go through this process last year uh, and how, how he's been close with guys like Isaac Rochelle and it was complimentary of Tillery so it could be interesting. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And he is someone that um, just coming from that program, I think Brian Kelly's done a great job, not only winning a lot of games for Notre Dame um, over the past five or six years, but like you're saying, preparing these guys to move to the next level. Um, That's so important. Players that are doing things at Notre Dame that are going to be asked of them at the NFL level, whether that be rush the passer um, at 6'7 and 290 like Jerry Tillery or play on the outside and then move into the slot like Troy Pry did um, at Notre Dame this year. So he's someone that I think, like you're saying, with it being kind of Notre Dame West um, out there in L.A., that, that he could be someone that's not going to be a household name during the pre-draft process but looked very good here last week or yesterday um, and has all the athleticism to be a starter in the NFL. So these guys we've talked about here in Mobile, I know there's a lot of underclassmen. Give me a snapshot of some of the guys you're really high on that may not necessarily be here. Uh, maybe a, a preview of what's to come at the combine. Yeah, mostly wide receivers in terms of underclassmen. That's kind of the headliner at this point. Um, obviously, it's it's a top-heavy draft class at, at wide receiver with Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. Um, and I don't think that's out of the question for the Chargers to look at wide receiver later on, that that after Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to maybe add that number three guy. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe a speedster. Hey, Henry Ruggs from Alabama is probably going to run in the four twos. So really a lot of the, the top receivers, there's a lot of good ones here in Mobile. You mentioned a few already, Michael Pittman from USC, but a lot of the good ones are underclassmen from Alabama, from those power programs. So I think we're going to see a lot of those wide receivers go early. Um, and then the offensive tackle class, beyond a few guys that I mentioned that are here in Mobile, um, there's this is the best offensive tackle class that I've scouted. Started in 2013 doing this, um, just in terms of top end. The guys I mentioned, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Josh Jones from Houston who's here, um, but Isaiah Wilson from Georgia, Makai Becton um, from Louisville. Uh, the, it, it's a really good class where I don't think the Chargers would have to pick one at six. They could pick one in the second round or in the third round so and get a starter. You're selecting at the top of the second. So some That's of these basically guys, a first rounder. It's yeah. A first rounder, especially with this class, you're saying the tackles are deep enough to where you could get a, a starter here at the top of the second. Yeah, and there's been a couple drafts here where the offensive tackles have kind of underwhelmed, especially the guys that have been picked early. But really, I think um, with the way that the NFL is kind of adding a lot of air raid college style elements to their offenses these offensive linemen are a little better suited to come in and play right away a few of them are underclassmen a few of the guys that i just mentioned um but yeah i i think there will be multiple um eventual starters and guys who are considered franchise left and right tackles which you need to today um that are picked in the second and third round in this draft class it's very loaded at that position Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, where could we find your information? What do you have going on in the next couple of months? I, I'm sure a, a lot of fun stuff that our fans can consume. Yeah, mostly CBSSports.com. Um, it'll be kind of on the front page, um, most of the articles that I'm writing, but NFL Draft tab can find all. It's kind of our draft hub. Um, doing some practice recaps here in Mobile, and then a lot of prospect evaluation, some position rankings, my favorite player comparisons. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people kind of shy away from them. I love that. I think it, it gives. Why not fans, this type of year? Yeah, you know? it gives it gives fans and and um, you know everyone following the draft just an idea of the type of prospect that their team could potentially pick, and then certainly at the combine we'll dive into all the numbers um, as we head into Las Vegas uh, in April for the draft. Wow, hard to believe. Well, George Smith, this was the guy who basically predicted Jerry Tiller to the Chargers at 28 overall. Uh, Chris, awesome stuff, man. Let's do it again at the combine. All right, Chris, thanks a lot. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Chris Trapasso, 
Rhett Lewis, Matt Miller, Troy Pride Jr., and Michael Pittman Jr. for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Now, if you missed it earlier in the week, I sat down with General Manager Tom Telesco from the Senior Bowl. That was on Tuesday, so be sure to listen to that if you haven't already. We'll be back to our regular time next Thursday for Chargers Weekly. Have a great weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Harey.